Welcome to The Kingdom is for Everyone. This is your host, Matthew Hester, and this is the place to discuss all things righteousness, peace, and joy. I want to take just a moment to thank our Hester Ministries monthly supporters. You help make this podcast a reality. Thank you so much. Uh, if you'd like to become a Hester Ministries supporter, go to hesterministries.org partner and find out more information. Also, please like and share this podcast. Leave a five-star review. Share it with your friends. Word of mouth goes a long way in helping this podcast go around the world. If you'd like to become a podcast supporter, go to the homepage of this podcast. Go to anchor.fm slash the kingdom four. That's the number four, everyone. And then I'll do us another favor. We, we're, we're ready for somebody to break the ice on this. Click on the message tab. Leave us a voice message or a question to feature on an upcoming episode of our podcast. Here at The Kingdom is for Everyone, we want you to be more than an audience. We want you to be a participant. And so let's go ahead and jump right into this episode, episode 36. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, I was thinking, um, you know, Easter's recently passed. And, you know, I was was just kind of thinking about the disciples. You know, I was thinking, man, you talk about a tough time. Uh, especially immediately after Jesus is crucified, and uh, and again, I don't have to reteach it. You you know the story, um, but it's we find the disciples in hiding, and they're hiding because why? Well, because they're afraid, right? And uh, and so Jesus has to come. He has to deal with their fear, and um, and so that was just something that really resonated with me, and. Um, you know, I'm convinced. Now, I, I know that there are a lot of layers to what can be said about fear, and I don't want to discount any of that. Uh, but um, what stands out to me, I would, I would submit the most human experience of fear is loneliness. Uh, and, and again, you run run that through your experiences, run that through perhaps, you know, people that you um, have shared your life with and fear is a big component of it. There's this fear of being alone. And, you know, with that, oftentimes what goes hand in hand is this this fear of insignificance, which a lot of times insignificance and loneliness go hand in hand. And, um, you know, so I just want to talk about this for a little bit. Don't be afraid. You know, 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Now, if you go and you you study out this word, the word spirit in that verse is pneuma, and it means the soul or vital spirit. So in other words, this verse is not telling us to engage in spiritual warfare against a spirit called fear, but it's addressing the type of soul or vital spirit that God has given to us. So, okay, how to be clear on this. I, I do not believe that fear is a spirit that tries to attack us. I believe instead that fear is the result of a, a systematic breakdown of the understanding of who we are in the family of God. Family is God's ultimate cure for loneliness. It, it, it always has been, and I would submit also today, particularly in Western culture, that's why the attack on family, the family unit, has been, it would appear at a fever pitch. We're redefining roles. I mean, I mean, all, I mean, 
sexual roles, gender norms. And, and again, I please don't don't say or hear what I'm not saying, but we're exposing children to destructive and devastating behavior. Um, the statistics on fatherless homes is really the great pandemic. And, uh, and it is it, it's the family unit is being attacked on every side. Interesting that God's cure for loneliness is family. And so the church is poised. We have a very unique opportunity in this day and age to offer community to a lot of people that have never actually had a healthy expression of community, a healthy, a healthy expression of family. And, you know, fear is not a part of who we are. At least it shouldn't be. You know, think about Jesus. He walked in full assurance of who he was. Uh, Even when he went to the cross, he did not even endure the cross with fear looming over him, but rather he endured hardship for the joy that was set before him. That's what it says in Hebrews 12. Can you imagine that? That you go to the cross and, and, oh, it's for the joy? What in the world? The joy of the Lord is our strength. I love that revelation that we see in Nehemiah 8. The, the, the look of joy was not about ha-ha and a belly laugh, but it actually is strength. It's strength in our lives. And, and so I just want to encourage you, don't lose your joy. My goodness. So our souls and spirits are designed to function without fear as a contaminant. And since God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, well, then I would say the next logical question, well, then what has he given us? Well, again, the verse, it goes on. 2 Timothy 1, 7, he hasn't given us the spirit of fear. So what spirit has he given us? Power and love and a sound mind. Wow. Uh, These three qualities are the foundation stones for optimal living in the kingdom of God. And they're also vitally connected to the proper understanding of our identity as sons and daughters. The sad truth, think about it, is that religion has manufactured more fear than anything else. You know, well, the, the religious church in particular is one of the greatest institutions historically of fear known to mankind. You know, you think about the, um, the Crusades, you think about all types of religious wars and infighting. Uh, oh, it just it doesn't look good. So the institution has caused a lot of fear, especially when we were trying to preach a God of love that we should also simultaneously be afraid of. And that's really tough to reconcile, especially when you read 1 John 4. You find out God is perfect love, and any time you have an encounter with love, it casts out fear. So it's hard. Well, not not hard. It's impossible for fear and love to occupy the same space. And so we're created to live lives free from fear, but we're taught to be afraid. And, and many times that fear, if it wasn't already rooted before, it, I mean, it's right there at the moment of our salvation, you know, the, the confession of our salvation. Okay, listen, you've confessed Jesus now. Be careful because you can lose it. Be careful because God's watching your behavior and, and you, you don't want to tick off the, the almighty smiter, right? So, I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm using some liberties here in my speech, but I think that's still kind of what happens. It happens to a lot of us. And so the religious church has created a climate of fear by keeping the saints of God in an old covenant mindset. Old covenant, Exodus 19, the, the law, Mosaic law. And, and so it's it's this system of checks and balances, performance-ism. You do this, you get approval, you do that, you gain forgiveness and all these things. You don't do these things. Well, then um, 
God has a way of, of showing you who's, who's in charge, to, to put it mildly. So this mindset, it extends towards God, it extends towards one another, it infiltrates the values we develop through the course of our lives. So we're afraid, and then we find out there's actually, hey, fear is quite an advantageous tool to use against others, because it can help keep them in check and, and keep them away from me, I can if I can just keep them afraid. And so, you know, this... This type of lifestyle produces a judgmental God who is ready at a moment's notice to punish us for our failures and mistakes. And it causes us to indulge in self-condemnation, and and then it empowers that cycle of sin and failure, right, that we try so desperately to escape from. Let me just tell you this. If God were truly angry with any of us, well, then we would all have sufficient reason to be afraid. I mean, the moment your eyes open in the morning, there would be true dread. I mean, if you if you truly believe God was angry with you, right? But the truth is, he's not angry with us. He's not mad at us. He's mad about us. Come on, he's mad about you. And we find abundant proof of this truth in the life and ministry of Jesus. We really do. Um. Let me see here. Let me let me change the tone here a little bit. So we, we, we think about, okay, family is God's ultimate cure for loneliness. Uh, I submitted at the start of this episode that probably the most the most felt approach to fear, that the most felt human approach to fear is loneliness or insignificance. They go hand in hand. So how does God answer that? Well, it, it's called adoption. <laughs> We're, we're included in the family. If you've ever felt alone, it's God hears the cry of that loneliness, and he helps us find family, the, the biggest family in the world, actually, right? Romans 8, 15, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now, again, if we're not careful, we read that quickly, but did you see that? You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. All right? So bondage, that the fear of loneliness, right? It, it, it enslaves us. And uh, so we, we've got to be free from fear. How are we free from fear? We believe and we discover that we have family. So slavery, bondage, right? And fear go hand in hand. That's why it is simply not enough to cope with our issues. You know, no one. Okay, let me let me just comment on that because I can almost hear the feedback. Um, I, I have a big problem with the word cope because for me the the thought is I'm learning how to live with this issue, with this um, with with this injury, and I know it's not going to recover, but it's you know I'm coping. I, I'm coping, and and for me a lot of times it almost signals like this is just going to be a new normal, and. Um, so again, I'm I'm not saying we don't receive treatment, medicinal treatment, therapy, all those things. I'm pro all those things, but we we cannot in our mind just say, okay, you know what? I'm just going to cope with the issues. Yeah, I'm afraid, but I'll learn to live with it. No, there there really are some things, believe it or not, in our lives that God wants to restore and heal us from um, that that we're no longer supposed to carry with us. Right, because it's really hard to thrive in life when we carry all of our issues with us. Now, again, I know we carry scars and and we carry, um, you know, 
grief and things like that, that, you know, oftentimes they, they really don't ever truly recover. They do become a part of us, but I'm talking about, you know, things like, um, you know, a friend, a friend that insulted you and left your life. And you're like, oh, that's it. We're never, that's it. I'm never being friends again. And then we carry this hurt, anger, suspicion, or maybe it's a family member, or maybe it's a church split, or whatever it may be. It was uh, bad practices at your job, and you were laid off, you know, power struggle, whatever. There's so many different scenarios. We have to learn how to not allow those things to mark our lives in such a way that we cannot thrive anymore. And the more baggage we have with us, the more difficult it's going to be to thrive. And, um, you know, past offenses, abuses, especially if they if they root our relationships in fear, then we have to allow God to restore those areas somehow. We can't just cope. We can't just adopt a new normal and say, "Well, I guess this is how life is now," right? So, so for many of us, I, I mean, I would say I, I don't want to speak for you, but you know, we we're tr- we try to live kind of these law based relationships with God and others, and and that's going to drive you to insanity. Just you know, I want to keep all the rules. I don't want to make any mistakes. Good luck with that, right? But whatever issues you carry presently that have produced slavery and fear in your life, God wants to set you free. He wants to restore those areas. And and God brings us his freedom as a gift. The, the gift is adoption. You know, once you believe and understand how the Heavenly Father sovereignly and divinely adopted you and I, it causes the chains of slavery to fall away forever. Because, listen, the master doesn't adopt servants and then expect them to grow up in an environment of slavery. That's That would be cruel, unthinkable. No. satisfied when we enjoy the fruit of his inheritance. We are the family of God, and we do not need to be afraid or fear, fearful of him. You know, Galatians 4, 4 through 6, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Because your sons, God has sent forth his, the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now, when I say that word son, that's not gender specific. That also includes the ladies. That includes the daughters of Zion who are listening to this podcast. God calls you his son. And so we got to understand this. It's going to be very hard for us to thrive in this life as a son or daughter of God if we approach him based on the requirements of the law. That's just not going to work. That's not going to happen. So Jesus, he comes to earth um, and he establishes the greatest and most successful adoption program in the history of mankind. You, know, you think about it. When Jesus redeemed us, it, it actually wasn't from the claws of the devil. Come on. I mean, the devil's defeated, right? Uh, but Jesus actually came and redeemed us from the curse of the law. He redeemed us from the curse of the law of sin and death. And, and, in, and when he did that, he also established a, a new pattern for righteousness. And it's a righteousness that's imputed to us the day we, we recognize him as Savior and King. That righteousness is given to us, delivered to us. Welcome to the family. Our adoption as sons and daughters is only capable through the grace of the Lord. Remember, his grace is very sufficient. His grace is very sufficient. Uh, and so I, I just want to encourage you in that um, fear is not in your future. Come on, he is your future. And if you if you struggle with loneliness, if you struggle with insignificance, I just want to encourage you, find family. 
And, and, and you may, if you don't have a good relationship with your natural family, find a spiritual family, spiritual community. Come on, a local church. Find a place where you can connect and you can be loved for who you are. Come on. And, and it's, let's be honest, if we're, all, if we're all honest with ourselves, we know what authentic community feels like. You know, and, and, and if it ends up that it's not authentic, you know, and we were there for a long time, then, you know, so, some people might be good at faking it. But usually we, we, we see the authentic. No judgment, no condemnation there to, to carry us in our uh, victories and our hardships. Uh, I had a, a dear friend of mine, um, actually from out of the country, send me a video today that just so touched my heart. And it was talking about you, you really know who your friends are when, when you become a burden, <laughs> when, you, when you have nothing to offer. Uh, your, your true friends are those that still are there with you and are there to support you and help you and love you. And, uh, and so, again, I would say that that fits the bill concerning our good father, and that's what we should be looking for in authentic community. Um, and, and again, not, not saying that we're burdens, but you, you get what I'm saying. You know, it, There's been many times I've been in rooms full of amazing men and women, and my first thought is I don't have anything to offer here. Right. And um, and so then we just trust the Lord and and trust, trust, you know, you have to start trusting the people in the room. Um, and it's amazing. Right. What God can do in your heart. The, the places God can place us is amazing if we'll just be obedient and uh, and take a step beyond the threshold of fear. Uh, and I think, again, that falls back and feeds into knowing who we are in the family of God. Right. When you realize you have God's approval, th- does anybody else's approval matter? Does anyone else's accolades or praise matter? Come on, right? I know who I am. I know who my father is, right? And from there, I don't have to be afraid. I'm never going to be lonely. I'm never going to be insignificant. Even if the, the story of my life was that I, I had a small family that loved Jesus, <laughs> well, then I would say, well done, right? Uh, I lived a simple life. I, I, I loved the, the people in my community. I had a few close friends and just did what I could to bring joy and love to others. Oh, sounds like sounds like a good life to me. All right, well, I just I just uh, want to bless you with that, and and hopefully this encourages you. I'm not just rambling on today. Hopefully it's helping somebody. All right, I, I just want to encourage you before we finish up this episode, again, check out our websites, hesterministries.org, if you want to find out more about what we're doing there. We just we actually are right now in the process of revamping our eShop. You can go check it out. You can get digital downloads of message ser- series and things like that. Uh, also go to presenttruthacademy.org. We're wrapping up our brand new study track, The Sermon on the Mount, a 10-week study on the constitution of the kingdom. It's been a pleasure to teach that. Also visit the eShop there. You can download any of those resources and get started right away studying at Present Truth Academy. want to remind you to like this podcast, share it. Please leave us a five-star review so that you can help catapult this podcast Uh, into the space and audience of other people. Uh, We sure do appreciate your help on that. All right, well, God bless you. Have an amazing week. We will see you next Tuesday for our next episode. I just want to remind you of this before we close. If the kingdom isn't for everyone, well, then it's not for anyone. God bless you.